Hey, what's up, guys? It's Ben from Unit IQ. It's Wednesday, which means we have another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. I'm here with my co-host, Dan. Hello. And we're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you're thinking about buying your first smoker, wanting to upgrade, or looking for charcoal cabinet smokers, then check them out over at Max Barbecue. And Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the United States and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. And Komodo Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting or searing, Komodo Joe is the premium ceramic grill chosen by Michelin star chefs and barbecue enthusiasts alike. Get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out kamadojoe.co.uk and Facebook and Twitter. And on today's show, we have Toby Butler. Hi, Toby. You all right? Hi, guys. How are you doing? Not bad. Not bad. Great to have you on. Great to be on. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. No worries. We haven't seen you for ages. We were just chatting earlier. We were like, when did we last see Toby? We were, when we were, uh, probably when we were up at Marcus's, wasn't it? Yeah, cook-off yeah. at Marcus's, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we got a, we had an invite down to CWS HQ where uh, <clears throat> where we all had a meet up and we all cooked a, a kind of a well, maybe a signature dish. We all cooked some food. Dan did a nice bit of top, top a bit of sirloin possibly if I remember, or top top joints. Something yeah, like that. yeah, something like that. Yeah, a bit of a bit of roast beef. Yeah, I just I the one thing I do remember that. is that Ben cooked some uh, lovely brownies and then never actually got to eat them at the yeah. end. So we <laughs> polished them off for you. <laughs> I've literally only just got my brownie tin back off Marcus, like a couple <laughs> of weeks ago when I, when we went up to the hair. Ah, oh, yes, you've been to the hair. Yes, yeah. I went there at the weekend. Oh, yeah, I saw that. What What did you think? Yeah, I was very impressed. Um, <clears throat> it was pretty good. Um, obviously, you can tell that the influences from the from the Voodoo Q guys, <laughs> and obviously the uh, Upton Cheney Chili Farm, because I found quite a lot of the sauces quite pokey. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit like of a, that. I'm slightly adverse to the spice. It doesn't agree with me these days. Chili doesn't agree with me anyway. But yeah, food was great actually. We had so much food. We you could have rolled us out back down the road. So yeah, very impressed. <laughs> yeah, Matt's just released some pictures of a new menu as well. I think they've uh, developed a new menu up there, so it looks quite oh, cool. quite nice. And they're they're bringing the Angus Oink sausages in and stuff like that, doing like a whole array of sort of dogs of some sorts. So uh, that looks pretty good. All the menu looked exciting. Glad I went there yeah, just before they released that, so now I'll go back again and a good reason to go back and and try some yeah, more food. Excuse now. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, did, I didn't get to try. We had a we had a kind of a taster menu, so we had um, we had wings, we had pulled pork, we had brisket, burnt ends. Burnt ends were very good actually. I really like those. Um, uh, yeah, and 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 a range of other bits. Some good a good slaw, some great pickles. Yeah, it's fantastic. And their own sauces were pretty tasty. A bit pokey for me, but uh, the rest of the guys enjoyed them. Who can take a bit of spice. Mm. We're impressed. We'll definitely be back. Good for me because my mum lives close as well. So, <laughs> good local babysitter, and then uh, good to get out to Siren as well. So, yeah. Your mum will be getting a lot more visits. She'll be yeah. wondering what's going on. A barbecue <laughs> restaurant's open up down the road. That's why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, we jumped straight in there without really letting you introduce yourself because we already know who you are. But could you just introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Toby Butler. So, uh, I run Alfresco Pro. Uh, with my wife Rachel, and 
we set that up uh, just over a year ago. We kind of started trading about a year ago. Um, so yeah, all very interesting. That's me. That's what I do. Cool. And we we um got to know you. We got we bought some our uni pellets and other bits and pieces from you guys before. I got my uni. You did, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Our first yeah, go pro. Got my uni from them. That yeah, was after. That was actually going back again to Marcus. I mean, that was I've spoke about it a few times on the show, but that was after. Uh, you was bought that time, one with it? you, or Marcus had one? I think Marcus had one. And, uh, it was the same day, and we cooked a few pizzas on it. And I mean, I was sold within a couple of minutes. And uh, it was, I think I <laughs> actually genuinely think, think it was that initially. night. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think that night yeah. I messaged you on Facebook and, and ordered one. Yeah. So, so yeah, 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 no, that's that's right. Well, Marcus, Marcus had one of the Marcus had Nooney. I think he had Nooney 2, actually, or maybe he had a 2 No, he did have a 2S because the guys at Nooney had sent him on to, to try out and obviously do uh, some photography with um, and share the love around the community and, and write about it. So, um, yeah, it was great. And then Chris, Chris Chuck ran his legendary pizzas into it for about 60 seconds and everyone went, wow, that's pretty awesome. But, yeah, they're very good. Good fun. Great fun. Yeah, we need to get Chris on the show as well, really, because he's a bit of a pizza pro, isn't he? Yeah. The pizza <laughs> he guru. Does, he, he does turn out. A, it does turn out a fantastic pizza. I have to say, he's um, he eats a lot more pizza than I do. Um, he is younger than me, but uh, I think when you get older, your metabolism um, slows somewhat, so you can't you can't just eat pizza every day like he does. Um, yeah, he also does but, gigs where he cooks a few hundred of them at a time. So no wonder he's uh, quite the expert in the uh, in the pizza cooking field. Indeed, he's a uh, he's a very very busy man. He's got quite a few gigs lined up as well for this year. So uh, yeah, he's good done on. one at the weekend. He's got a nine day coming up. In actual fact, in the next couple of months as well. So yeah, awesome. <laughs> nine impressive. days of pizza. <laughs> nine days of pizza. That's not just cooking and eating your own. That's actually serving them up for uh, uh, ten thousand middle class mums. I think is what he sold it to me. So I suggested that I might have have to go and help him for a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we all volunteer as well. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you our daily rate after we come off, but uh, <laughs> it's pricey. I think, I think there's already incentive in there somewhere, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that out loud, yeah. honestly. So you and, and you and Chris are going to be working together more in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, uh, you know, where we always talk about, you know, the barbecue community and people coming together through, um, you know, the love of food and, and you know, the skills and the trades that we pick up along the way. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I met Chris when we were down at Marcus's last year, um, and we just have very sort of similar kind of opinions on things and outlook on things, and our approach to things is is, is very like-minded. And uh, one thing kind of led to another, and uh, we were kind of approached to do some work for somebody, um, which yeah has led to um, us setting up a business uh, for the two of us. Um, which is quite exciting. It's called uh, Butler and Phillips, <laughs> aptly named. Yeah, I guess it took you quite a long time to come up with that name. <laughs> well, what's Chris's it, yeah. surname, by the way? Um, <laughs> what's your What's your surname? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's Phillips. <laughs> awesome. No, it works well. I've just uh, gone onto the website on butlerandphillips.co.uk and it looks nice. Nice little design logo there. I like the look of that. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's getting there. It's going to be tweaked a bit. We 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 were kind of keen to get something up and have a page uh, because obviously we, we're starting to talk to people more actively in the background about what we're doing. Um, and of course, you know, the first thing people ask for is, "Oh, what's your website?" So, so you know, the first point of credibility really is to say, "Okay, you know, here's a landing page for us." And 
you know, you can go and browse a few bits at the moment, but it's it's a starting point at least. Mm. So, so what are you doing? Sorry, you just said that you've been talking to people about what you are doing. So, what is it that you are doing together? <laughs> okay, so uh, well, if I start with uh, back at Alfresco Pro, so we set that up. We were doing Uni uh, pizza ovens, we were doing monoliths, and we were doing eye devices, um, <clears throat> and then I guess through. In fact, uh, in fact, let's. Should we should we stop this and come back? Let's talk about Alfresco Pro first, okay. naturally. And then we then we yep. can come back to this in a minute, yeah, yeah. Because yep. because, I mean, I guess it was only like a sort of a year ago or so that Alfresco Pro sort of started up, and 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 what why did that come about? Like, so so how did that happen, and what what made you sort of take the leap to to start up your own barbecue co- or wood fired oven company? So uh, something I wanted to do for ages. So uh, by day I work in IT. I work for um, I work for a large, very large global IT company, and I'm a, a specialist in and around data centre. Uh, we shall elaborate no more on that. Um, and I've been doing that for 20 years. And save that for another podcast. Uh, quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you like. Um, I could bore you for hours on that. How long did you take? <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, I've kind of done that for 20 years, and and I guess. I wanted to set up a bit of a lifestyle business on the side, something that genuinely sort of floats my boat. Um, So a nerdy kind of hobby passion for me, I guess, but at the same time to to earn a bit of money uh, to kind of fund it. Um, I guess you you guys are probably familiar with that routine, I'm sure. Um, So we set that up originally around the same time as as Barbecue Champ um, kind of actually aired on television. And obviously there's a bit of a precursor there, which I think we're going to discuss anyway. Um, so we set up, Rachel and I set the business up, and it was initially just to do Uni, Monolith, and iDevices, which are the um, app-controlled thermometers, food thermometers. Um, but in the space of a year, uh, iDevices got bought by Weber, Weber Stevens products. So pretty much any Weber dealer in the land now will stock iDevices, and it's now called a Weber, a Weber product rather than iDevices. Uh, so we've kind of brought that to a natural kind of conclusion. We looked to sort of bring on more products there. Monolith, uh, again, you know, we've been fairly active in the Monolith community. Um, but I guess the one thing we realised out of all of it was probably a premises or a shop front would have been ideal. Um, we were kind of more of an online shop uh, doing stuff. So touchy-feely is, is king, I think, with these kind of bigger, expensive products. Um, and, of course, Uni, Uni was quite a, a good thing because it was mostly an online sale anyway for everybody. Um, and it was great for us. Um, we got quite stuck into the uni community, um, do a lot of helping people out, um, help the guys at uni out a bit as well over the last year. So, uh, yeah, and obviously there we are. We ended up down at uh, Marcus's place and the guys and obviously Chris and you know, things have kind of blossomed from there. And Chris and I have now moved on and set up uh, Butler and Phillips. And we are going to be selling uh, professional uh, wood and gas-fired ovens in actual fact. You have the choice of both or a combination of the two. You can fire them with both. And those are it's bigger pizza ovens that you would typically find in a you know a decent-sized pizza, pizza restaurant serving Neapolitan-style pizza, pretty much. Um, so we're doing those, and we're going to be doing... Uh, we should be doing Stone Bake Oven Company um, units as well, which are, again, proper wood-fired pizza ovens for your garden. They're not portable. Um, and many people kind of decorate them and insulate them and build them into a, an outdoor kitchen as well. And then quite possibly it will be likely we'll be selling, uh, hopefully, uh, if we can, uh, we'll be doing rock box as well. 
So, um, yeah, that's that's our business. That's what we'll be doing. So we'll be doing sales, installation, service, um, you name it. And then the idea is that we'll be taking on some other products in and around that uh, to complement. So we may well stick with monolith, maybe do some barbecue stuff. We're possibly looking at maybe doing some uh, Perea grills. Who knows? Lots of stuff. Yeah, lots, lots of work to do this year. Exciting, cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And the idea is the idea is also to have a, a showroom, uh, probably uh, in north of Birmingham somewhere. Um, not far. Not not sure how far up yet. Um, probably maybe nearer to where Chris is, but. Uh, that's that's the kind of the longer term goal, but we're we're kind of at the start of the journey. Lots to plan, lots to do. Awesome, exciting times, yeah. good times. I yeah, really. I cool. recognise that I've just looked on one of the Gosney ovens, and I'm sure I went to a restaurant recently that I saw one in it. I can't think where it was, but it was, like <laughs> yeah. in, it was in London, I think. And I remember seeing like the back of the room, just thought, oh, it looks really cool. It looks just like this, so. I have to remember yeah. what it was pretty bad story. Yeah, really. well, you've, yeah, there's quite a few. There's quite a few springing up. I mean, the guys are. I mean, the great thing about Tom's ovens, uh, Tom Gosney's ovens, are that they are they're UK made. For me, that's a real. Uh, and for Chris, we both love the fact that they're made in the UK, um, because inherently the challenge with a, a lot of these heavy kind of products is that a lot of people go out to China to get the manufacturing done, and then everything's brought back in. So there's a lot of expense kind of put into shipping and, and all those kind of taxes and all that being made here keeps the business local uh, keeps local people in employment and also it's it's seeing these things on the world stage competing with what you know i guess historically has been you know world-renowned you know, pizza ovens that have come out of naples or wherever people have gone that's the best you can buy people are buying these these are really really cool they're very uh, ingeniously designed and, and uh, put together uh, but yeah, you would have probably seen maybe Franco Manca or Benugo. Those are probably more chain-like ones that you mm. would have heard of. Yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of um, lots of people doing. I don't want to say pop-up restaurants, but there are a lot more. Um, I guess because it's quite easy to, to to pop open a pizza restaurant once you've got the oven in the corner and you've got some workspace to to uh, do your craft. Um, you just then need seats really to seat people and, you know, beers if you're going to serve beers, if you want a, a license and all that. But ultimately, you can set a restaurant up quite quickly with these. Um, you don't need a really high-spec technical kitchen to be doing stuff. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Hence why we, we struck on this with, with Tom and we're going to be doing uh, doing some work with those guys to to try and grow their brand a bit. Awesome. And the, I, just looking on the website, there's is that four different models i guess they were different sizes i'm thinking but there's also some that like just say like traditional core and they look like look like they're made up of parts what what's the idea of that do you like <laughs> make, make your own or <laughs> yeah uh, well you can do um so yes you're, you're quite right so there, there are three typical designs so you've got the classic the napoli and the barbican um they they range in again i won't bore you with it but if you go into the specification of them there are different floor sizes in them so Bigger floor size equals more pizza. You can cook it at one time. So if you've got a big restaurant, you're going to want a bigger floor size. You can do more pizzas at the same time. So the Barbican is the beastie. Um, there's one in there that's got uh, just under two meters of, of width of floor space, which is humongous. Um, <clears throat> so those ones are they're essentially they're modular. Um, they're very heavy and they are sort of coming component form. But the guys at Gosney historically have, have built and installed the ovens. There is a bit of skill required in doing that. <clears throat> the traditional core one um, 
it kind of comes in kit form and you can build it yourself. Uh, so, I mean, you don't have to be a highly skilled person to build one, but you need to sort of have a bit of an understanding of how a, an oven works and where you need to insulate and, and all the rest of it. So, yeah, you can do that yourself. Then you can put whatever finish on it you want. So, again, if you look on many of the in the picture galleries, you'll see the mosaic the tiles render. and stuff. Yeah, that's that's quite common. Um, we did one. We did one in London a couple of weeks ago, uh, second week in January, actually, where a restaurant had been told by the local council, this is up in EC1, that <clears throat> their oven wasn't DEFRA approved, and uh, they gave this poor guy very little notice that they kind of said you have to swap it out, um, otherwise we shut your restaurant down. Now this is a, a really really successful busy Italian restaurant, you know, like a big double shop front with an upstairs and downstairs, so. They were quite keen to get something sorted. And the beauty of, of the Gosney oven is the way that they're designed and built. Um, they're modular. So in other words, you could squeeze the whole lot through a doorway and then you build it the other side of the doorway. And that's that's how we do it. So, um, But yeah, we, we built one there. And I actually went back in last week with a few colleagues and we went and sampled some of the pizza. It's fantastic. So yeah, very exciting times. Yeah, that's awesome. You Looking at the size of it on here, you'd never think you'd fit it through a door, would you? <laughs> Well, no, I mean, it, it's interesting. The, the oven that these guys had to take out turns up from Italy built, and it weighed two and a half, uh, no, what did it weigh? It weighed about three tonnes. Yeah. So if you think about, imagine. yeah. Well, if you, if you think about how these things need to be insulated, so once they're heavily insulated, which all of the Gosney ones are, it, it then requires very little wood-fired fuel to keep it hot. Um, you sort of look at it and think, God, you know, you need tons of wood and a raging bonfire in there. But the actual the actual fuel and flame is relatively low once it's up to temperature. So, and they'll stay hot for the best part of you know 24 hours. Um, same with the, same with the uh, more consumer based ones from the Stone Bake Oven Co, which you might put in your own garden. Again, you can buy it, um, which kind of looks a little bit like the core one. Um, so it just kind of looks like some <laughs> looks like a bit of pottery, but actually you can then wrap it. Um, and insulate it really well, then you can brick it around, do whatever, and those will stay warm for 24 hours. So you can do pizza Saturday night, Sunday morning, go out, throw a nice, nice leg of lamb in it and some roast potato or some potatoes and have your roast dinner off it as well without, you know, much effort. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting hungry now. That's the problem <laughs> when you record a podcast this time of year, you start talking about food, you just get starving. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. I guess in being like a, an uni sales company for like the last year you must have sold a lot of uni ovens and you must have therefore needed to do a lot of testing and making a lot of pizzas <laughs> and stuff yourself because i see you you're very active in the like uni forums and stuff on giving advice on how to use the uni and and just general like recipe and cooking ideas as well with it so if you do you do a lot of cooking yourself Yep, um, very, very much an active cook, um, and that's probably, uh, you know, part of my kind of nerdy passion, um, and hence the reason why we set up Alfresco Pro in the first place, I guess. But, um, yeah, I enjoy, you know, get, get to the weekend or, you know, I'll always be out there and come rain or shine doing something. Um, as far as the pizzas go, you'll notice there are never too many pictures of me on Facebook or anywhere like that because I don't like people to see my ever-expanding midriff. Um, so, yes, I do sample a few of what I... I make <laughs> it's been known um but yeah it's it's great it's great fun i mean the uni's fantastic you know you can you can pull some dough up the frozen dough out of the freezer and let it defrost um you know do a rim prove that day and you know come the evening you just stretch out a couple of bases it takes 20 minutes to get the uni hot 
you know, you're in, out, in, out. A couple of pizzas done, everyone's fed, you know, and just leaves the thing to go cool. And then within 25 minutes, 30 minutes, things virtually ready to be ready to be covered over again. And you've probably used it about a pound's worth of pellets. So it's it's a very cheap, very fun, inexpensive way of of, uh, of cooking pizzas. Steak as well. Steak's a real beauty in it, actually. Um, and also, I guess my kind of biggest thing that I love about actually cooking is, is getting other people involved as well. So quite often... Um, a load of the kids from up the road will, you know, and the parents come round what's been dubbed Friday Club, uh, which can quite often find often find many of the mums uh, slightly sozzled by about six o'clock in an afternoon in the summer while the kids play in the garden, and then uh, we'll knock out some pizzas and you know they get to make their own, which is always good fun. And <laughs> on the school run when you take the kids to school, everyone's like, "Oh, Toby, can we come round for pizza?" So it's. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a thing down our road and in our area. Everyone knows me as a pizza guy. Yeah, I definitely agree. With you. Like whenever I've taken the uni's like one of the one of the barbecues or outdoor cookers that you can just take with you to places, isn't it? And when I've taken it yeah. to quite a few friends' houses, like everyone wants to have a go. Like if you all just stood around like a normal barbecue, everyone wants to stand around and have a chat, but no one really wants to have a go on it, do they? But the uni's yeah. like got that real. That appeal about it that everyone wants to get involved even if you're if you're not like a massively into cooking like you still want to have a go at cooking a pizza if, if you can do it that quickly and make it taste that good that everyone's really drawn to it as a product i think yeah i think i think so i think it's been a it's been a real winner of a product i mean there are there are other things on the market that you can buy that sort of purport to be you know for doing pizzas and stuff but the design of them typically isn't that good the quality of them isn't that good um I think what Uni brings new to the market, or certainly brought new to the market of years ago when it first launched on a Kickstarter, is that it's stainless steel, for one, or the current ones are stainless steel, so minimal kind of chances of it rotting. They can go rusty. Um, That's typically where you get the cover on and water or condensation underneath and you're not getting enough air through. But again, it's relatively robust and easily sorted if it does get a bit of rust. very easy to transport. You can drop the, the funnel down, uh, take the pellet hopper off the back, you know, bung it in the boot of your car and, and take it camping as we have done a number of times as well. Um, you know, and we've just taken bare bones ingredients just to just to crank out a few, you know, really simple but fresh cooked pizzas and, and other bits and pieces. Here. And everybody comes past the tent and they want to know what it is. Um, but I think the other thing is as well, uh, for a lot of people who are kind of into cooking or, you know, experimental around food, it doesn't break the bank. Um, it's affordable in terms of a device so um, I think that's why it's, it's taken off so well because you can have lots of fun doesn't break the bank you know and if you really 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 didn't get on with it you could probably sell it for nigh on what you paid for it I've only ever seen I think two for sale secondhand where people have either in fact one one of those people upgraded to something else and just couldn't get on with it and wanted a barbecue instead so, so for me when, when I initially went for the uni it was because well I wanted I've wanted to build a pizza oven wood fired oven in my in my back garden for ages and I've been um and on around the idea of I've looked at like builds and watched like YouTube videos about a million times and I thought yeah let's go for it and just haven't but then it sort of got to the point where I was then at that uh the gathering at CWS uh, HQ and we were having a cook and I had a go on it and I thought yeah buying that because it was cheap it didn't break the bank it did what it was meant to do it was nifty. It was really impressive. Made great pizzas. Got hot super quick. Like it just ticked so many boxes. And 
and yeah, I've, I've absolutely loved it. I loved using it. And as Ben said, it's super exciting, gets people involved. But still, part of me still wants to have a proper wood fired oven. I would like to do there's a guy uh, called Glenn who's in the forums, uh, Glenn's Garden Kitchen uh, is his name on sort of social media. And yeah. he's been doing a lot of like baking and stuff. So he does a lot of bread and, and stuff like that. And, and really, the uni, although I've done like flatbreads and I've done sort of non style like okay that's still flatbreads but i've done like bits and pieces in it but it's still not in my quest for bread it hasn't hasn't managed to sort of tick my boxes so i still want to sort of go for a a proper wood-fired oven and okay yeah i Mm. could just cook my bread in an oven i know but i don't want to i want to have it in a wood-fired oven so (laughs) i mean it's, it's something that i i love the uni amazing for lots more than just pizza i mean grilling and stuff i've done lots of grilling in it hot and fast stuff in it it's it's amazing for that as well but but for like what i really wanted the wood fired oven for which is a lot more than just pizzas i think i'm gonna need to still go for something something like a, i guess like a primo or something yeah. like that because i mean i don't think my wife would like the uh me or future wife would allow me to have a gosney so uh <laughs> It might be a, have to be something a bit smaller. Is well, it, it, interesting. I mean, well, certainly if you're looking at the Gosney Professional ovens, those are not really intended for your back garden. No. You can have one in your back garden, but it probably... I'll try. Well, I, like to, I like to live life to the excess and do everything if, stupidly. If, if, yeah, I mean, I think you, you've got to look at like with all products. I mean, it has, a, it has a, a particular spot in the market that it addresses, and what the uni has addressed is the fact that you can knock out a pizza in 90 seconds and you can sort of successively keep cranking them out for quite a long time. It's great fun. It involves everybody. It doesn't break the bank. It's portable. It's it's relatively light, so you can actually take it around. You know, if you do want to walk down the beach yeah, with it. It cools down pretty quickly, pretty... so you can take it home with you again. And, and there's loads Yeah, absolutely. Of... Yeah, uh, but I think once you start getting, I think once you get right into what can that wood oven do, it's exactly that. Everyone sort of goes, "What well, can I do bread in it? And can I do a, a leg of lamb in it? Can I do a chicken in it? Um, you kind of can, but the idea of it is to be portable and to be able to cook hot and fast. Now, obviously, you know that to do a chicken, you can't really hot and fast a chicken, particularly. Um, you just nuke it on top and it'll be raw in the middle. So there are some things you can do. Um, and obviously, look, the uni community has been a, a fantastic place for everyone to to sort of stretch the boundaries of what's doable and what's not, you know, some of my, my personal faves are I've done chicken tikka. We've done, uh, fajitas. Um, it's good for that kind of stuff. Um, obviously pizza, um, loads of things, flatbreads, as you say, but when it comes to actual bread baking or if it comes to doing something at a lower temperature, it's not so great because it needs constant fuel and attention really. So you can't just kind of click it on, leave it to go. So what's now um, been launched that you would have seen if if you're kind of in those forums is there's an Uni Pro, which has come out, which is a much larger cooking area. It's powered four ways as well, interestingly. So you've got, um, you can still use pellets, which the Uni does today. Uh, So hardwood pellets, you can use wood. So a size of kindling, I would imagine. I haven't quite worked out what size or, or how you get that fuel yet. You may need to buy some uh, kiln-dried logs and chop them down a bit. Um, you can use coal, and there will be a gas attachment available, the, the controversial gas attachment for those who are real wood-fired heads. But again, it opens the market up for the for the Uni Pro to people who maybe aren't um, as hell-bent on setting fire to things as maybe you or I are. 
So actually, you've now just opened your market out to people who are the kind of the gas barbecue buyers, you know, people like that, which is all well and good. I have no problem with those. I have a big gas Weber grill. I cook with that. I cook with a ceramic. I cook with the uni. I cook with a rock box too. So um, once you get out into that bigger sized oven, obviously the horizons open up. You can still do hot and fast. It'll probably take a bit longer than the 20 minutes today that it takes to get an uni up to temp. Probably take a bit longer. That's the trade-off. But ultimately, you can you can broaden what you want to cook in it. Um, so I think it'd be fairly interesting. It weighs not quite three times the amount of an uni, so it's still portable. Yep. So <laughs> if Mrs. Uh, if Mrs. S doesn't want you having a, a sort of a full-on brick-built bad boy in the back garden, you can still pick this up. You can still dismantle it and put it in the boot of a car. Um, you can actually take the the stone uh, the stones out from inside the oven. Obviously, it makes it a lot easier to transport, but it's probably not going to be one of the ones you're going to walk down the beach with. That's that's for sure. <laughs> you could still get you could still get it camping, but it's probably it's about 28 kilos, I think, all, all told. Oh, easy for weight. me. Ben would struggle, but easy for me. I take a trolley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, he has one of those like it, nanny it, granny trolleys that he wheels around with. Quite embarrassing. But it's only it's branded. A <laughs> a tart noonie trolley <laughs> might start selling them pitch it to Christian stick them on my website <laughs> we exactly might, we might see her in uh, Butler and Phillips maybe <laughs> well you never know you never know so I guess the, the other side of that going back to the ovens is that Uni Pro's out that's bigger um, and then obviously you've got Stonebake Oven Co which again actually um, there is portability still there they're very heavy it's a bit like a Camado so ceramic um, you can pick them up and you can remove them. You probably couldn't do it on your own, but you can buy a stand um, and then you can put the oven on top. And if you moved house, for example, you could still take it with you. So it's not a, it doesn't have to be a permanent fixture. It's up to you whether you make it a permanent fixture and brick build yeah. it into an outdoor. Um, but you know, it's each to their own. It just it just opens up the market to you know people who are, I guess, in this day and age, everyone's you know. Well, not everyone, but lots of people are saying, well, actually, I won't move. I'll just, you know, develop my house. And they've probably gone up into the loft and now they're going out into the garden and it's the sociable aspect of it is good. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I, I will probably hold off until the, the UniPro comes out and, and then and give that a try with some breads and stuff. I Again, until you get something, you can see pictures and videos and everything. And, and from what the uni... Uni two, Uni two S have done. I've um, been very impressed so far. So, so I don't expect anything less from the pro. But I would like to. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting one and uh, testing it out and, and testing some breads and stuff and seeing how how that goes. I'll be uh, tapping up Glenn for some recipes. Yeah, I think uh, I think as far as the Uni Pro goes, I mean, like you guys, I haven't tried and tested it. You know, um, all we've seen is what what the guys at Uni have put out online. But knowing Christian. Um, he's quite particular about the way things work. Um, and this isn't something he just, you know, etched up on the back of a fag packet three weeks ago and then put it on a, on a Kickstarter. I know for a fact that this has been in the making for quite a long time. So I know that there will have been many, many iterations of changes before any of us get to see what you did last week when it was launched. So um, th- what comes out of it in terms of the cooking, the ability to use multi-fuel and the way that works... Um, the design of the door, for example, the way the chimney's been redesigned as well. There's a lot of effort and there's a lot of thought that's gone into that. And I probably, you know, hence why I backed it as well online. I would put my money where my mouth is and say, I comfortably back what Christian's, Christian's done with that. Yeah. Because yeah. I know it'll, it'll work like an Uni 2 does 2S. So, yeah, looking forward to it. As it stands today, it's been 405% 400 
backed. <laughs> so this is happening. This is definitely a. Backed, they have... cracked. <laughs> it needs to. <laughs> it needs. It needs to carry on because I think he sent out an email saying that if it reached a certain a certain backing, I think it was two hundred and fifty k. Uh, that we'd all get a free cover with it or something for all of the original oh, backers. So. Come on, guys, keep going. Come on, Toby needs a free cover. Yeah. <laughs> and a trolley. <laughs> and a trolley, tartan uni trolley. That's not an uni product, that's actually a Ben Forte yeah. branded product. That's Toony. Tartan uni. That didn't That was crap branding by Ben. <laughs> oh, language. Well, we already said backsack and crap. <laughs> don't know how much worse this is gonna get. Oh dear. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna put you in a headlock and uh what? This is a uh, not you. <laughs> I'm gonna put don't worry, Ben, I'm gonna put Toby in there. Oh, no, really uh, in a metaphorical headlock here, you've got no. a rock box and an uni. Yes. Go. What do you wanna know? <laughs> what which is best? Uh, well, which I prefer. That could be that could be unfair, I guess. Mm. But Positives and negatives, how do they compare sort of thing, maybe? So, I think I've been, I think if you've ever read any of the reviews and opinions I've put online, so both pretty much do the same thing. Um, The end result of what you stick in, i.e. if you stick a pizza in, give it 90 seconds and it'll come out and they'll both look the same. You don't really get a wood-fired taste from either. Um, I would say Rockbox for ease um, so if you're not particularly sort of dab-handed at keeping things fueled up and on fire and everything else, then the gas version, the gas fitting to put in the back of the rock box, you click it on um, and just let it run. And it's very, very easy. Um, and I think that opened the market up enormously for people looking at a sort of a portable pizza oven. Yeah, Ben's just yeah, ordered. The, <laughs> the, the flip side With some gas. <laughs> <laughs> There is a, there is a wood there is a wood attachment to to burn wood and I have to uh, say he doesn't, he doesn't uh, want that <laughs> he doesn't want that Dan wants the microwave <laughs> attachment he wants the microwave attachment yeah the wood fired microwave sorry we're just being immature we're just being immature just pointing each other about who's can't cook it's Dan, it's Dan by the best best pointing at himself for some reason <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> oh, and it, yeah. and it's, no, no, no! I actually genuinely want to hear this. That's why I asked. So sorry. Can we continue? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, g- gas is super easy in a rock box. Uh, no two ways about that. It's, it's a very, very well made. It's a lovely design. Um, yeah, it's all those things. But it was cool. twice the price of an Uni Two S. Um, and your range of cooking things is probably similar. So hot and fast is the norm. A um, little bit more control over the gas because you can turn the flame up or down a little bit. So, um, and a lot of people who use them for pop-up pizza uh, things, where they've done them on market stalls and wherever, yeah, it seems to have been the favourite for that. Mm. Yeah. So, so uh, a guy called Adam Atkins, he does one. There's another guy called Sam Corbin. Um, yeah, uh, Angel Gav- Gavnev, I think his name is another guy. He originally started out with Unis on his a pizza bike. Um, so has, he, ch- has he changed to Rockbox now? Has he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, okay, yes. Cool. Um, For gas. But again, and, and the only reason was just because because you are doing that as a business and because the gas is very reliable, you flick it on, you leave it, you've got a constant temperature and you don't have to keep refueling it. Um, so from that point of view, you could carry on serving customers, making pizzas, taking money, doing all that kind of stuff. So from a, from a commercial point of view, that worked very well for people. I think from a, from a home point of view, 
I have both. I use both. And I've got to be fair, I use both in equal measure. Um, if it's Friday afternoon and I think, uh, you know, I've got some dough in the fridge uh, or I maybe took a ball out earlier on or if I'm busy or I'm going to get in late, <laughs> take my balls out of the fridge. Um, I know you. I can hear you. <laughs> I was off mic. <laughs> must have been loud. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm about ten meters from the mic. I could hear, I could hear the wheeze. <laughs> um, but I think, I think it's it's very easy just to, to to turn it on, you know, twenty minutes later, go out, use it. And whereas Eni obviously requires a little bit more fiddling around, but it's it probably has a slightly more endearing quality to it because you you have to get to know the thing, you have to understand how it fires, how you feed the pellets in. You need to do little things like tap the pellet tube at the back to make sure none of the pellets are sticking. Um, you know, give the little greater tap to let the ash drop through. Um, many of us have kind of modified them a bit. I put a, a jam funnel on the back of mine to hold more pellets so it burns for longer without refueling. Chris has put a hinge on the front of his uh, on the front of his one. So lots of people are kind of keen and quite happy for their 200 quid price bracket to, to adapt it a little bit to make it fit better for them. So, um, but again, turns out a great piece. More chance of, cook, of burning one though because you can't see the pizza because it's behind a closed door. Uh, whereas obviously Rockbox, you can see it. So pros and cons, they both pretty much turn out the same thing. You've got to be a little bit more, more on your game with an uni than you do with a Rockbox. Um, it's a little bit more involving the uni, but you kind of get used to it and you can turn out some wicked stuff. So, um, But yeah, so I wouldn't say one is better than the other. Um, both just very different, but then obviously one's double the price of the other one, so and heavier. Cool, cool. Uh, there was... So obviously, again on top of that, Uni uh, Uni started off with the Uni, then it was the Uni Two, Uni Two S. Uh, oh, almost. Uh, then there's the Pro coming out now, so they're yeah. obviously like constantly developing stuff and planning on stuff and changing things and, and listening to feedback and stuff. Is there is there any sort of sign of sort of rock box? Are they are they are they done? Are they developing more ideas, or do you not know? Or is is there upgrades coming am i drawing too am i delving in here where i shouldn't be am i still in my headlock i assume <laughs> um yeah so, so so the answer is well with all these with all these guys there's there's constant evolution of products um, and the development so uni very much tends to take feedback directly from customers um so we're the guinea pigs uh, to many respects on you know what individuals sort of see that, you know, loads of things got mentioned on any community over the last 12 months about, oh, why don't you put Hinge in it? Why don't you change this to that? And it's, it's interesting because Christian and the guys really, really listen. Um, not all of those things make it into final product, but probably because of, you know, commercially it doesn't make sense or, you know, it's really tricky to make or manufacture, engineer, whatever. But probably there will be some revisions uh, that people may see coming along shortly. Um, as far as uh, the Rockbox goes, Rockbox was incredibly successful. I mean, if you look at the the campaign that those guys did on Kickstarter, I mean, it was funded and then some. Uh, it was very, very popular. And there was a launch kind of globally on that as well. So, there were, you know, people in the States were buying it, the UK and so on and so forth. The reality of it is that was a, that was a, a first product for them to market for a portable oven outside of the professional ovens and the stone bake oven uh, units which are made in the uk the rock box was manufactured and assembled in china that's where all the tooling was put and i know that there was a massive amount of effort that went into it as with the guys at uni there's an awful lot of hard work goes into getting that done um there were again it being a first generation product i suppose a few teasing problems um a couple or some 
users that got their rock boxes found that the gas fitting didn't quite fit properly. So the knob should be at the back. They found that that was somewhere underneath the, the unit, which you don't really want because it does get hot underneath. So things like that, um, you know, there was a bit of swapping out of some some bits for people. But I mean, other, other than that, it was just proved so incredibly popular um, that they were sort of struggling to keep up with demand, which I guess when you're looking at something new, it's a bit like a Kickstarter campaign. You're sort of using it to sort of gauge how big you need to go with production. Production was uh, kicked into full swing um, and it was kind of unprecedented, the demand on the product. So I think what they now realise is that they need to reevaluate the production process to cater for the requirement and scale up that production in some way, shape or form. So I can't say too much. There is change coming. Um, there's likely to be a revision to um, the existing one, but we might be a way off that um, just because they're still working through getting the original backers. Well, I think the original backers now, the final shipments are actually somewhere out in the Suez Canal. Um, and then anyone who kind of ordered after the, the original Kickstarter campaign, they're now going to see theirs in the next month or so. So cool. some, some changes to come. Um, can't say too much, as I say, but possibly some slight design revisions as well. Um, but again, you know, all based on user feedback and, and, you know, the product being live out and out on the market and, and customers using it. But awesome. feedback I've seen on it has been fantastic. It's a great product. Great guys as well. Yeah, well, it's great to have, like, uni i've not i've i've not had a rockbox to to play with really so can't comment too much on it but know a lot of people that have and trust them and their word and what they say and, and just seen loads of great feedback of them both and it's great not to not only have one sort of uh amazing portable pizza oven that's around but to have two and to have two that are sort of not battling out against each other, but but developing things and, and working hard behind the scenes to get better and better. It puts us as the end consumer in a good place where where yeah. we can see uh, see what's to come and, and and be excited by something. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think again this this sort of goes back to the evolution of you know barbecue and our obsession for doing outdoor stuff. Yeah, um, you know as, as us Brits, you know when we look across the pond at what those guys have been doing with smokers and barbecues and you know people out in Argentina with the Perea grills and people like Tom Bray with his uh, Asado crosses and stuff. You know, there's a real, I love seeing that kind of new mix of, of products and techniques and stuff coming over here and the Brits kind of getting hold of it and, you know, putting our own little twist on it and, you know, maybe sort of finishing it off with micro herbs, for example. <laughs> um, Super jazzy. <laughs> exactly. But loads of great stuff coming out. And of course, you know, products um, in and around the, the pizza oven world, which is obviously where I, have a keen interest um yeah you're right portable stuff has, has opened up that market to so many people that otherwise wouldn't have spent probably two grand putting one in their back garden so yeah it's all good for me awesome awesome and and the, the one last thing that we wanted to talk to you about was the fact that when we when we met up with you and we we're cooking at marx's we you revealed the fact that you were actually the creator of barbecue champ <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and, and create is the word because I didn't create the actual show that people got to see. But um, so, long story condensed, uh, my uh, my wife went to uh, Southampton University, and she lived in a house with five other girls, um, and they're all still very close, and we catch up as families now because we've all come married and got kids and all the rest of it. So typically, once a year, we all kind of have a bit of a gathering. Um, 
and they always come well if they come here they get barbecue that's pretty much that's the way it goes uh kids go and play around the garden but anyway um one of the um one of the girls that uh, rachel went to uni with a girl called caroline works for a tv production company and uh, forever in a day she'd come out here and they go oh Tobes is bark he's amazing oh and these ribs are lovely and this is great and the burgers are fat and, and all the rest of it and i would sit there and then probably have a few beers and then get a bit cheeky and start waxing lyrical about you know eddie stobart's got a program on telly and there's pottery programs and all these things that i would look at and think you know how the hell's that on telly anyway i'd always say why is there no barbecue program why is there no barbecue program come on you know do a pilot for one get one sorted you know i'll help you put a little thing together for it you know let's go and pitch it to somebody um and we'd always have this conversation and then i got a call um not last year, the year before. In fact, <clears throat> it was before they started filming for Barbecue Champ. And I got a call from her. She went, do you remember you've nagged me for ages about a barbecue program? And I went, yep. She went, well, anyway, I finally put something together for it and went to uh, her management team and said, what about this? And they went, oh, that looks like a good idea. So I got very hurriedly rushed over to her gaff to cook on her other half's uh, gas grill a couple of signature dishes and in fact I think I just did some ribs and I did just press some handmade burgers together to keep it simple um, and they did a pilot um, and the, the pilot was mostly people that she knew so I couldn't really take part in the program because I knew her and because it was a competition it's against comp rules I think as far as uh, Ofcom go um, but the original plan that I had in my head was for I guess my what do I want from barbecue and why do I share my kind of love and uh, passion for it is to get people that probably would wander down to Sainsbury's or Waitrose and go and buy a pack of burgers off the counter um, annihilate them on a grill for 25 minutes and serve them up to people which, which is cool, you know, there's nothing wrong with that the fact that they're doing it is good but my want was really just to sort of take them to the next level of instead of making, instead of buying your burgers for 150 each, actually why don't you just buy a pack of mints, um, you know, gently crumble it into a bowl grind a pepper in it, you know, form your patties together and then just cook your own. Um, it's so much better. It's cheaper. You, you know, your punters will love it. And that for me was the real inspiration of, you know, just opening it up to more people. So, and it wasn't really specific about whether it was wood fired or over charcoal or in a Kamado or on a gas grill or anything. My view was that if it was to be a competition, that they all got a task to do and that they could go and pick whatever meat they wanted to cook whatever they wanted and use whatever tools they wanted. So whether it was a Weber gas grill or a monolith Kamado or a KJ or a green egg or whatever. Um, the other view I had was that I was quite keen for the, the program to sort of do maybe two segments in it where it was like, look, here's how easy it is to make your own burger rather than buying them, you know, buy a packet of mints, do that. Or, you know, do some ribs, whatever it might be. Um, so that, that there'd be like a proper a proper sort of barbecue expert saying, here's how easy it is. You know, you don't have to go to town on that. This is kind of next level for you without being a super nerd and doing overnight cooks. Um, ITV bought the idea of the program from Caroline's company. Um, and as I understand it, uh, the director general of ITV or whatever he's called was really sort of hell bent on it had to be charcoal you know there was no other method for cooking uh so it's very kind of purist from day one and i think unfortunately as well they got a bit they got a bit sort of um banded round as the you know this is itv's answer to bake-off which obviously is incredibly successful so it got a bit of bad press there was some 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 of the format i would have probably definitely wouldn't have put in 
but you know it got ITVified and, and it kind of they tried to make it too big too quick and I think sometimes with things like that you need to sort of keep your audience a little bit tighter maybe not aim for ITV for you know a prime Thursday or Friday night slot I can't remember what it was now but you know a Saturday kitchen type of affair you know have a little segue on Saturday kitchen for you know his 10 minutes on barbecue or um, and then just see how it panned out. So keep it low key and then just see how people reacted to it and then broaden it out. And then it could have been a barbecue champ, big, big competition. Um, but I think I was very, I was quite disappointed when it didn't get a second series, I have to say. Um, I did watch it. Um, I thought, you know, Simon and uh, Duncan and all the guys did, you know, Emma and everybody else, they all did really, really well. Um, I understand as well, it was quite fraught, but the, you know, the, it was put together very hastily and then, presenters is this great sort of thing with lots of dynamic music and big prizes and, and all that so yeah gutted it didn't quite work out um but you know uh, forever in discussion with people to try and bring something back but maybe not quite so grand for the next time round, and maybe not you know primetime itv but you know his his fingers crossed and, and here's to hoping so yes that was my involvement and it. it kind of started off as sitting in our conservatory drinking beer eating barbecue food and me pestering Poor Caroline over. When are you going to do a barbecue program? Put some barbecue program? on TV, please. Put some barbecue on TV, please. <laughs> well, if you want, like, a, a barbecue pro to, like, teach a complete novice, you get me to teach Ben. <laughs> that could be a good series. <laughs> so, you know what I said about not fussy about the utensils or tools kit? I mean, I'm not sure where the, bar, uh, where the microwave would come into it, but, you know, oh. really... Oh. <laughs> as long as it's plugged in outside, it's an outdoor, outdoor cooker. <laughs> <laughs> if you leave it cooking for long enough, it will generate some smoke at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, ben, ben always burns everything yeah. he cooks anyway. So. <laughs> that's the smoke ring. So, yes, that's the, uh, that was the background on that. But, yeah, I'm forever hopeful that, um, you know, we can make something else happen. Um, you know, and I, I think what's been interesting for me as well is that I wasn't really kind of part of the CWS group when I was doing that. So I was completely unaware of this kind of side of it. Um, and obviously, you know, having... Spent a bit of time with Duncan over the last year. Uh, we went out for a meal uh, with Marcus one night. We got chatting and stuff, and it was very interesting to you know everybody's different skill sets and their approach to things. It's uh, some really good people in this in this little world of barbecue that the, the barbecue bubble, as I call it, it's very cool. Well, finally, just before we sign off, and you don't have to talk about this if you want, but um, nice. you did you did, headlock. you did message me a little while ago that you've been dreaming about me and Dan. And mm. it's quite a strange dream, but your 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 ideas can sometimes come to fruition, as we've seen with Barbecue <laughs> Champ. So, do, do you want to do you want to pitch your new idea for a TV show that you dreamt <laughs> that you dreamt up for us or not? I could, yeah, I could do actually. In fact, this was only this was probably only like the first week of January or something. I, you know, when you wake up and you kind of vividly remember a dream that you had. Well, I woke up with this complete vivid recollection that. Well, I mean, I'm trying to remember back to the dream now. So obviously this is four or five weeks ago. But the kind of the nuts and bolts of the dream were that I was hassling you guys or something to, to you know, do a do a, a programme. Um, but what, get yourselves what out many to people? See. Yeah, we get well, yeah, well, exactly. You know, the jazzy, <laughs> the jazzy bejazzlers or whatever. <laughs> you know, microherb shit. Jazzy bejazzlers. <laughs> Jazzle chefs. Bejazzlers. <laughs> oh, Ben's divorced. <laughs> But I'd had uh, I'd had this. I was kind of talk- <laughs> I was talking to you about saying, look, this is all great, you know. We're doing all these rubs on, you know, different flavors, meat cooks and everything else, slow cook this, that, and the other. You're not doing enough seafood, guys. Do more seafood, more barbecued seafood. That's what that's what the public want. And uh, 
somehow I've kind of railroaded you into buying a boat. And in my dream, this boat wasn't just like a two-man boat. It was a blinking great big trawler with a red hull. Um, I can't remember the exact details. We gave it a name. You said it was about sixty foot. It was a it was a proper big metal fishing trawler, and that we'd gone out to sea. And the whole part of this the program was that we're going out to sea, catching fish, and then you two were doing the jazzy chefs bit on board, and you know cooking (laughs) on a great big Perea grill, lots of fish and all the rest of it. And then yeah, that was kind of it. And then I woke up, but I kind of remembered it quite vividly, which is why I sent you a message, Ben, saying, <laughs> I've been dreaming about you two. <laughs> and, and I like the name of the boat as well. Can you remember what the name was? I can't. Not unless I go into my messages it's and look back. What did I call it? Kielbasa. That's it. Yes, it was Kielbasa. <laughs> yeah, it was It was a big red boat called Kielbasa. Yeah. You never know. Well, just to let <laughs> you know, we just space. bought a boat. <laughs> <laughs> We've started the boat bit, so now you've just got to sort the rest I of it out. I have a Priya. <laughs> Is it is it one of those infl- inflatable sevi law ones that you might have had when you were a kid? Yeah. little yellow paddles. Yep. <laughs> Barbecue won't stand up well in that. Dumb and dumber, growing it. <laughs> like the Chuckle Brothers in an inflatable <laughs> boat. <laughs> so yeah, but there you go. You never know. Yeah, the big the big boat kielbasa. That's what you need to do. <laughs> Good luck with that. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you. I'm going to pitch it to someone. I don't yeah. know who, but we'll try. <laughs> A boat brokerage is probably the first place to start with that. Guys, guys, great idea. Let us have one of your boats, that probably that 250 grand one, and let us go and do barbecue on it. But I probably have thought this. I've probably seen a couple of days before Rick Stein or something on Saturday Kitchen on a trawler somewhere catching fresh mackerel and telling everyone how great it was. Uh, Who knows? He stole the idea, basically. He did, yeah. (laughs) Rick Stein of Padstow, yes. Well, thanks, Toby. Thanks for coming on. We've had a Pleasure. great time chatting to you. We had a real good laugh as well. So um, good luck thanks, to, to you and uh, to Chris with your new venture. And um, Much we'll catch up with you in, in the future when you've got going a bit, a bit more, get you and Chris on to chat about what you've been up to. I look forward to it. Sounds great. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks yeah. for thanks for asking me on and uh, hope it's been of some use. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> and, great chatting, uh, mate. I look- I look forward to the big red ship Kielbasa sailing and I'll be uh, I'll, I'll catch it for you if you like. Yeah. Awesome. Cheers, Sounds mate. good, bro. Speak catch you soon. Thanks, Cheers. guys. Bye. Speak soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We've recorded yet another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. As always, we're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamada Joe and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice from beginners to pitmasters. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you're thinking about buying your first smoker, wanting to upgrade or looking for charcoal cabinet smokers, then check them out over at Max Barbecue. And Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the United States and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. And Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting or searing, Kamado Joe is the premium ceramic grill chosen by Michelin star chefs and barbecue enthusiasts alike. Get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out kamadojoe.co.uk and Facebook and Twitter. And finally, Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. So if you're looking for smoking wood chunks, dust, chips or planks, 
head on over to smokewoodshack.com and you can find them on Twitter under smokewoodshack. So, goodbye from me, the best cook. <laughs> and goodbye from me, who's much Not better than Ben cooking. can ever be because he's the good. worst barbecuer ever known to mankind.